Hello and welcome to Psychic Showdown, the podcast that pits your favourite psychics head to head and asks the question, who would you want in your corner? I'm Martin Potts, joined by my lovely co-host, Adrian May. Age, how's it going over there today? It's going really well, thank you, Martin. How about you? Terrific as ever. Terrific as ever. Thank you very much. Excellent. Age, we made it. Episode two. We did. Oh, sigh of relief. It seems like just yesterday that we were recording the Roth on Hoth, but in fact it was more like three days ago. Yeah, it's been a long time. I think I'm having withdrawal symptoms. Absolutely. Same as that. I'm so glad that we could get together again so soon. Um, mm-hmm. And glad to be uh, doing another episode. Thanks very much to everyone uh, who has listened to episode one so far and for the, all the great feedback that we've had uh, already. If you've not listened to it and you're coming into this episode first, that's absolutely fine. We won't be spoiling the uh, the outcome of the Roth on Hoss, so by all means stay tuned to uh, episode two and you can always go back and listen to that again uh, in the future. That being said, you will notice a slight change in format. We've decided uh, upon listening back to our, our, ep- our first episode that we're going to make a few changes to try and increase the entertainment value and, and provide us with a bit more structure. Age, tell us about, tell our listeners about some of the, the wonderful changes that we're making for, for our second episode. Okay, so we decided to really lean into the, uh, the boxing match theme and we're now going to be giving each of our characters scores on four different attributes. What so, are those attributes, Age? We will have comedicness, which is definitely not difficult to say. And basically refers or to how word. funny they are, or or or, or a yes a word or a word. <laughs> <laughs> we will have uh, side kickery. Side kickery is definitely a word. It is now yes copyright copyright twenty eighteen. Side kickery is basically a measure of how much they help the hero, how loyal they are, how useful they are, all of the things that make them uh, the a best sidekick. or the worst sidekick. Yes. Next up, we've got shenanigans, which mm-hmm. is really just a catch-all for uh, how engaging they are, their overall character, what kind of person they are, how much mischief they get up to, all those things that make a character a bit more interesting than just your your empty shell of a sidekick. And finally, and arguably most importantly for our show, we've got the meometer. <laughs> the meometer age. Pray <laughs> tell. tell. <laughs> Pray tell. What well, is that? Given that the tagline of our show is asking who you would want in your corner, the mm. meometer is our measure of who we'd, we would... Ha- how much uh, we'd want them in our corner. How much we would want them in our corner. If you would want that sidekick to be your sidekick, Martin, and if I want that sidekick to be my sidekick. Sounds great. Of course, there is uh, one more thing that we're introducing as well. When we get to the end of uh, discussing each character, we're going to come in with their knockout blow, Mm -hmm. which is going to be putting their best foot forward and their best moment at the time that they uh, steal the spotlight to the the greatest extent. Uh, So I'm looking forward to to doing that uh, in today's Mm matchup. Shall we get into it, Age? Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to episode two of Sidekick Showdown. It's the commotion in the ocean. In the blue corner, with the blue scales and hailing from the big blue, it's the blue tang short on memory but long on heart. Dory assists Marlin the clownfish in his epic ocean quest to retrieve his kidnapped son from P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. 
During their adventure, Dory does her best to overcome her natural scattiness and short-term memory loss while evading the most fearsome beasts in the sea, bonding with Marlin along the way and ultimately trying to find her own place in the reef. It's the jellyfish hopping, whale-speaking fish herself, Dory. Age, who's in the red corner today? Well, in the red corner, if he can seduce a dragon, he can seduce you. Presenting Shrek's noble steed on his adventures in rescuing Princess Fiona and beyond into three uh, additional and questionable films. It's the Stairmaster, connoisseur of boulders great and small, waffle extraordinaire and parfait lover. He can fly, he can talk, he's donkey. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Age. Uh, looking forward to getting into talking about this. Um, long time since I've watched the, the Shrek movies. Uh, how about you, Age? Mm. I rewatched the first one recently, but uh, the second one, it's been a while. I think I was unfortunate enough to watch the third one once, and yes. I don't believe I've seen the fourth one at all. That's exactly the same as me. Um, I think for the purposes <laughs> of this, it's highly unlikely we'll be mentioning the uh, the third and fourth movies um, at all. Uh, I've... I've explicitly banned, banned uh, all references of them from, from this podcast or the discussion around it. And from your brain, no doubt, as well. And from my brain, yes. <clears throat> what were they? Th- well, I know what they were thinking. Have you, did you know that mm-hmm. on the, um, the South Bank in, in London, uh, there is like a Shrek experience kind of thing? It's like, I think it's supposed to be kind of the sort of thing that you get at like Universal Studios, where it's kind of an immersive, right. you know, that sort of thing. Have you been? I have not, but apparently it is absolute dog shit. Um, apparently, like, even people that I know who I thought probably would like that kind of thing uh, thought, it was, thought it was terrible. You have those people in your life? Colleagues, mainly, uh, unfortunately. okay. Can't, can't mm-hmm. choose it, can you? Yeah, fair enough. Like family. <laughs> That's what they say, family and colleagues. Can't choose them. The big two. The big two. <laughs> uh, were, you, were you a fan of Shrek when it, when it originally came out? I- I was, I was. I mean, this may come through in my discussion of Donkey, but mm-hmm. I do think that it is uh, a better movie than it has any right to be, and yeah. um, one of the best kids' movies that, that that's ever existed. So fair enough. That's high praise indeed. Um, I'm sure that that will um, obviously retaining some fondness for Donkey, which I'm sure we'll we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, around this time when the first Shrek movie came out, there was still a question about who was going to be the big animation studio, uh, P- Pixar or mm. DreamWorks. That seems like a long time ago. It does. It? <laughs> does. A strange time when they were still asking that question. Yeah, they didn't come close in the end, did they? I mean, no. it, it wasn't. It was, oh, it was trouncing. <laughs> but at least they got Shrek before that. Well, they, cause, so Shrek came out, what, 99, 2000? Something, mm-hmm, like. something like that. And... You know, obviously the big voice cast, Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers and Cameron Diaz and all these other, you know, huge actors. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that was their kind of mission statement. But right after that, um, Pixar released Monsters, Inc. in 2001, Mm -hmm. which was an amazing film. Um, Mm -hmm. And Finding Nemo came out two years later. And I think The Incredibles is the year after that. Uh, mm-hmm. and, we're, and we're recording this at a time where Incredibles 2 has just come out. I haven't seen it yet, you? Nor have I, no, but um, no. I've, it's been highly recommended to me. Yeah, sounds like that's going to be really good. Um, mm-hmm. So they've, also, they've even managed to make sequels pretty good on the whole. Um, yeah. Monsters University. Mm. But, but, you know, the Toy Story trilogy, virtually perfect. Gutted that they're doing a fourth one because I think, why? Why? Mm-hmm. why? Again, again, we know why, but why? 
you can you can name the number of good trilogies in films in ever you could list them on your hands you know yeah. it's basically the godfather and toy story that's it like there's oh and lord of the yeah. rings i guess obviously yeah i was waiting um, for that there's probably a couple of others um but you know but it's barely. one of, it's one of the better ones it might even mm-hmm. be the best one because most people say the godfather 3 is a load of crap i've never seen it but no um, so anyway yeah um big fan of the pixar movies i used to love uh toy story so much as a kid i think i could still pretty much do the first one line for line and and the mm-hmm. third one made me boo like a child when i as uh, it did everyone yes <laughs> as it did everyone when, when that came out um i wouldn't say i was a massive fan of finding nemo i, I liked it okay. a lot mm-hmm. um one of my favorite things about it is albert brooks as marlin because of um his work on the simpsons it's just always really fun to hear his voice yeah um, i i must admit re-watching it for this uh it, it was i had a very different impression of it than i think i did when i watched it when i was younger i think I don't know if it was just looking at it a bit more critically, but it was just not the the it didn't have the same feeling of the movie that I remembered from being younger. In what way? Um, it seemed a bit more depressing, I guess. I guess it's pretty all the, low, yeah. Yeah, all the more serious stuff about it that you kind of miss when you're a kid, because you know, oh, they're getting you know, there's sharks that don't eat fish. <laughs> um, <laughs> they really start to come through a bit more, and yeah, it was a bit bit more sad than I recall but it was still uh, still a good watch is it as sad as the Nemo effect the Nemo I can effect? tell from your I can tell from your your lack of response that you've not heard of the Nemo effect um, I haven't I will elaborate so funny mm. Nemo obviously has a, uh, a it's not doesn't bash you over the head with it but it's got kind of like conservation message and it's mm-hmm. also saying it, it it's also kind of saying that fish aren't shouldn't be taken out of the ocean mm-hmm. and put yeah. in captivity in that way um unfortunately instead of releasing this as a, a documentary on you know uh, sustainable fishing and that kind of thing um uh, disney decided to release this as an animated feature for children right. who with a predictability that i think is it's surprising didn't occur to them Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a lot of kids, after watching Finding Nemo, wanted clownfish. Wanted a wanted a Nemo, wanted a Dory. Yes, that actually does does ring a bell now. Uh, and apparently, clownfish can't really be farmed that quickly. Right. So about ninety percent of clownfish bought since Finding Nemo came out have been essentially snatched from the wild, as happened to Nemo. These kids <laughs> have learnt nothing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Isn't that sad? So the movie has this kind of message, and the exact opposite has is occurred. What is, has occurred. Oh, that's just appalling. It uh, is. They're um, all they're all Dalas. Is that her name, Dala? Yes, they're all. Da- they are all Dalas. That's mm. exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and since the release of Finding Dory, of course, uh-huh. um, almost no blue tang have been taken out of the sea because uh, no one saw it or liked it. So um, that hasn't did, happened, thankfully. Did you, did you see it? <laughs> no. Okay. Of course not. Ridiculous <laughs> question. What would I do that for? That's fair. Um, that's fair. But I have been lucky enough to watch Finding Nemo essentially three times quite recently. I was on, on holiday not too long ago and uh, with some friends and, the, and their little girl. Uh, it was the only DVD they brought with them. So mm-hmm. it, it, in not in t- not exactly in one straight line but i've watched the whole film about three times in a week so 
feel like that's given me a good um, a good grounding. There is nothing like the voraciousness of a child who wants to watch a movie on a repeat all day. So, um, well, all I'm thinking is it was me with Toy Story in 1995. So I I can't really moan too much. Mine um, was mine was Space Jam, and the Jetsons movie. I'm so, so. sorry to hear that. <laughs> Um, Space you know, Jam is a perfect film. What are you, you know, talking Pixar about? Pixar were around when you were a kid. I know you're a couple of years younger than me, but like, surely there was something better. No, I did watch Space Jam approximately three or four times a day. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, shall we get into it? Shall I start talking about uh, about our dear friend Dory? Fantastic. Tell us about Dory. Okay, so we know quite a bit about Dory. I'm, I'm sure that most people listening to this are aware of the story of uh, the story of Dory. Nemo. And the story of Dory, yeah, the Dory story. Um, obviously, Dory uh, it turns up as Marlin sets off on his uh, epic quest to to rescue Nemo um, after he's taken by by some divers. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think that and getting into the the character straight away, the first thing you've got to say about Dory is she's very eager to please, she very is. willing to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't say willing and able. That is that is an, a noticeable <laughs> absence, uh, but yes. And I think the film plays with this idea of whether or not she is helping all the way through it, basically. And things mm. seem to kind of work out for her most of the time. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about how that kind of shifts as the, as the film goes on. Yeah. But when we meet her, she's pretty naive and quite lonely it's kind of depressing like one of the first things she does is kind of make this kind of comment that trails off about her family and not knowing where they are and um, yeah which i believe is 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 the plot of finding dory had either of us watched it yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. Mm um i don't think it's a story that needs to be told particularly but no you know it might maybe it's not as bad as all that but whatever um so yeah, she's pretty naive and lonely. Uh, in all honesty, has probably got no friends because a she's annoyed all of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and b can't remember where they are, even if she hadn't. Yes, or who they are if she saw them. The, I I feel like we're going to get some pretty nice parallels with Donkey here in terms of the way <laughs> that other characters approach him, and yes. and you know you've obviously got your your. In both cases, essentially playing a straight man, Shrek and Marlin. Mm-hmm. Marlin playing the very straight man, you mm. know, right down the line. Um, so he, she obviously uh, offers to show Marlin the way that the the boat has gone. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a question that occurs in my mind, and you know how I like to nitpick these things while while also talking about the the thematic uh, elements of, uh-huh. of the film. Mm-hmm. He, she goes, oh, I've seen a boat. It went this way, and then it went this way. Follow me. And off they go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she forgets what she's doing about 10 seconds later. Yeah. And just starts swimming. And then notices Marlon following her and tries to shake him. Uh-huh. And then when he reminds her, she, she's like, a boat? I've seen a boat. It went this way, and then it went this way. But surely by that time, she's completely turned about. <laughs> How can she possibly still be? And and, and the, but I wouldn't mind this if the rest of the film had just gone off in completely the wrong direction. But like I they never do found up Nemo on track. and he would have died. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. That would have been a much better film. Perfect kids movie. But you know, 
but do you know what I mean? Like they 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 then catch up with the the diver mask a few minutes later, and it's like, well, you know how, what? I, how did that happen? I she, think you've pinpointed the biggest plot hole in in uh, Finding Nemo. That film is over before it even starts. Yeah, it really is. It should have just ended with him being taken. Yeah. And Marlon yeah. never getting him back. Yeah. It's a 15 so... minute movie right there. <laughs> Efficiency. Efficiency. Ha ha. Nice, nice pun. Uh, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did that on purpose. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 that's me. <laughs> um. So they get to, they get invited to the shark party, um, which is probably one of my favourite scenes the in sharky. any film ever. Yep. Um, and on my uh, boxing poster that I did for the commotion in the ocean, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that we were proud to sponsor the Nice Sharks Foundation, <laughs> Fisher Friends, not food. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favourite scenes ever in a movie. So hilariously funny, just like. The the two the two backup sharks and when Bruce is like oh, I never even knew my father <laughs> and then like five, a minute later when he smells the blood and goes all crazy and starts trying to eat them yeah and one of the other ones is like but he's like I'm sorry he never even knew his father mate I'm really sorry about this it is it is a magnificent scene just because it's so unexpected like yeah i mean it's obviously playing off that to a degree with the whole shark suit fish and these sharks aren't yeah just the execution of the whole scene is so so really funny yes very well done especially with dory's just eager like okay i'm i'm gonna join this you know event yeah just throws herself into Uh it you know uh I don't think I've ever eaten a fish. <laughs> hey, good on you, mate! <laughs> Beautiful Australian accent, too. Thank you. Um, thank you. And, and, you sh- and you should know. Um, I should. How's mine? Uh, could do, could some, do work. some work. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. What is that, like American? Um, so, <laughs> the, uh, the, they get away from that. So, I think it's in this sequence that they find the... Um, the diving mask, and then they shoot down, and they have the thing with the anglerfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it's a, it's one of those. Well, it's a, it's a, a caper movie, effectively, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's a, a, a journey movie. So you have this constant bouncing from a bit. You know, it's a bit of a, a weighty comparison, but a bit like Lord of the Rings, that it's always like we're in one location and a thing happens, and then we go to the next location and a thing happens mm-hmm. there, and mm-hmm. so on. But what's happening to Dory all the way through this is. She gets better at remembering things, yeah. and she then attributes that to hanging out with Marlon. She latches onto him because he's the only fish who doesn't immediately try and sack her off. And like, and, and of course, he's using her, it, it, not using exactly, but you know, he he needs her because yeah, um, there's a reason well, he hasn't to start just with, told her to fuck off essentially. Well, you notice though, um, as soon as he's got the rough direction and then he's got that address mm-hmm. he does try and sack her off mm. what a nasty sod yeah i mean literally one of my notes here is marlon sucks balls he's pretty nasty to her he i mean he is and he isn't you could, the, the good thing about marlon is you do kind of see where his rationale comes from you see why he's so paranoid and sketchy and yeah. afraid of everything and then obviously you understand why his urgency um so and dory is nothing if not a drain on t- t- time because literally <sighs> everything has to be done 800 times for her to well 
he calls her a delay fish. Yeah. Now, is this entirely unjustified? Difficult to say it is. <laughs> it, it, it is. I mean, it's, I, the thing that I found interesting about Finding Nemo, and I know that it gets a little bit of recognition for this as well, is it's kind of one of the few, especially kids' movies, especially for the time it came out, that kind that represented a character with, quote-unquote, a disability, you know, that where they were having issues. And I don't necessarily think it always dealt with it in the most sensitive way. Uh, but I, I feel like you've got to give it some credit for that and that alone as well. I don't know. I, I think that's given Disney a bit too much credit, to be honest. Think? I think they wanted a character who was really scatterbrained and Laughably, dumb, basically. Yeah. Mm. It, they don't play it with much, much empathy, I don't think. Uh, it's it's played for laughs pretty exclusively. Oh, but I think with Marlon, how Marlon treats her, that's where the, I guess, empathy and empathy side of things comes through. And everyone says that finding Dory is a, yeah, a, a tragic, you know, tragic. Oh, I'm sure that is. Yeah. I'm sure that treats it. Because now with... they know. They're like, oh, yes, people thought we were representing, uh, you know, a minority group. Let's yeah, I think say they that we into were. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's exactly what I think happened. I think they lucked into having a a character that they could do a sympathetic build mm. around. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, couldn't you do the same with like Mater out of Cars? Yes, who's essentially just a f- f- thicko, you know? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they, it would work He's pretty much just as well, I think. Vehicular Dory, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. One thing I wanted to to bring up as a, a little break in play. Now, mm-hmm. Age, you'll, you'll you'll fondly remember, no doubt, that in episode one I, I gave you a, a little bit of a memory test. You did, yes, I succeeded admirably. I think. Uh, oh, very, everyone very good. Mm-hmm. I thought I might turn this into a bit of a running thing. Great, uh, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to shoehorn it in if if nothing really applies. But I found a, another good one in Finding Nemo, and, uh-huh. I, and I I thought I'd give you another another little test of memory. Fabulous. Um. So Marlin and Dory meet the the Moonfish Shoal. Who, um, uh, well, they come when Marlin's trying to get rid of Dory. Basically, mm-hmm. um, they they overhear and sort of is he bothering you, Rushed ma'am? Defense, yep. uh, and uh, voiced by the the wonderful um, John Ratzenberger, who does all the all the Pixar voices, Ham and. Um, He's somebody in every single film, isn't he? So mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. A, a Pixar mainstay. So does a great job here. But I was wondering, Age, how many of their impressions you can remember? Okay, so we've got uh, Sad Marlin. We're making the, the down yeah, face. Sad, yep, absolutely Sad Marlin. We've got the... Uh, we've got an arrow. Yep, very uh, good. Uh, we've got the... That was the hard one. I thought that was the hardest one. Really? We've got the trench. Yeah, these are these are good. Have you got these on Google Images? I don't, I don't, but I did watch it like four days ago. So okay. Um, and I, do we have a Happy Marlin as well? I just had Marlin. But okay. Happy to. I'm I'm quite content to give you two points there. Yeah. Okay. 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 And that's. I think that's all I've got. No, really. Uh huh. You've got like another five. You got the three hardest ones. Did I? Well, okay, maybe not. Maybe not Marlin. Uh, Work backwards. Think about it. Come on. I, I, I've got faith that you can do better than this. They're doing impressions for Dory, right? Like, mm-hmm. and they're making them really easy. Uh, a fish? No, that's Marlin. 
<laughs> I am not taking that. Okay, I'm going to run you down. Okay, um, okay, okay, okay. I, I'm amazed. I, I really thought you'd. Uh, I'm very disappointed, Age, frankly. Sorry. Okay, they start with a lobster. Mm-hmm. And then they do a fish with a nose like a sword. Oh, that's right. They do a swordfish. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. They do an octopus. Okay. And then they sing Whale of a Tail, and it's a ship, mm-hmm. like a pirate mm-hmm. ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course... You missed one very important one, and you, uh, boy, are you going to be embarrassed. <laughs> Sydney. Oh, yes. that's. You're never allowed home. <laughs> Luckily, Sydney's not my home, so thank God. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's in Australia, which I don't know if you... <laughs> it's, a, it's a small place. Australia's a tiny, tiny place. Um, so, you, I mean, you'll be happy slash disappointed to know that uh, I never would have got any of those other ones. My my brain only vaguely remembered when you meant when you mentioned them, swordfish and and obviously Sydney, but uh, I can now picture the pirate ship, and maybe the yeah. octopus, and what was the first mm. one again? A lobster. Lobster. No, that's yeah. not in my brain at all. Fair enough. Uh, well, there we go. Okay. So there we go. There were uh, um, eight or nine, if we're counting Sad and Happy Marlin as uh, separate entities, which I'm perfectly content to do so, especially. As and you, I still didn't pass. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think four out of nine is a, is a pass mark. It's a it's like a D minus maybe. Okay. Um, okay. Well, you know, there's always so room for improvement. It gives you somewhere to go, doesn't it? Does. It? Because we've done we've done two of these, and you know, you're working up. I think you got three last time, uh-huh. four this time. So, uh, the next one. The world is my oyster. Um, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, Dory's very loyal. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing. She sticks to Marlin like glue, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. W- clearly will do anything for him. As the film goes on, she stops being kind of annoying and begins being kind of more useful. I think, mm-hmm. um, and Marlin realizes to trust her judgment a bit more because even though she does really dumb things or says things in a really dumb way. Yeah. They do tend to work, and the key point, I think, is when they're... Well, the first one is when they, uh, he doesn't listen to her about the trench. Yes. And they end up going over it, not through it, and getting mobbed by the, the jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and um, and then Dory ends up getting stung, and Marlon feel, feels very guilty about that. And then moments later, after they leave the, the EAC and, and get closer to Australia, mm-hmm. they... Um, end up inside a whale. They do. Uh, uh, and w- partly because, well, actually mainly because Dory claims to be able to speak <laughs> whale. Um, and the key point, I think, is at w- at they're in there and Dory is saying, we have to let go. And Marlin's saying, Why not? how do you know it will work? Yeah. And I don't. But he realises that everything she's done up to this point has actually been bang on the money. Mm-hmm. They let go. They get fired out of the whale's blowhole. Uh, and there they are in Sydney Harbour. There they in are. All its, in, all, in all its glory. And it is glorious, even though I don't remember uh, fish making a picture of it. Yes, absolutely. Well, you don't need a picture That's of it, true. of course. That's true. It's ingrained on your retinas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a nice... Uh, and then uh, Finding Nemo is a kind of funny film because the, the climax isn't even the climax. It yeah. kind of does a 
Return of the King style double ending. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Or where... quadruple ending almost. Well, yes, in that case. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, it's kind of odd because they, they're reunited in the ocean. But then they have the bit with the trawler mm-hmm. uh, pulling all the fish out and doing the, the, the swim down, which Nemo learns in the, in the fish yeah. tank. And, there, and then you get the kind of epilogue bit with um, school, them all back at home being happy and, and, and so on. So it's a bit of a, a, weird, a weird ending. But um, So Dory's character overall, she finds her place in the reef. She becomes friends with Nemo, which is I found really kind of odd because she spends the whole film getting to know Marlin. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in terms of their mental age... <laughs> Can I say that? You just have, so let's proceed. Um, it kind of makes more sense, but it's it, it kind of feels a bit weird because like you don't even know Nemo, you don't even know his name. You call him Harpo <laughs> and Zippo and other Marx brothers. Uh, I wonder if this movie had come out a couple of years later, if they would have made an emo joke. <laughs> Finding mm. emo, someone's done that. Someone's done that. I don't know what it is, but someone's Something done it. it yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of my overview of, of Dory and, and the way her, her, her character develops over the film. She gets more, uh, a bit more confident. She, her memory improves and she says to Marlin that she doesn't want it to be separated from him because mm-hmm. it, it helps her, you know, remember things easier and uh, being around him and obviously she's got a friend for that she thinks for life and even then Marlon is like not that fussed and is quite keen to to go well, on his way admittedly in a depressed state well I mean it's uh, from my point of view it's a bit ridiculous because I don't think if you look at that movie I don't think Marlon does a single thing right like he I would argue not only is Dory helpful in a lot of terms but in almost every decision they have to make, she's the one who, who propels them forward in the in the right direction. You know, she reads the, correct. She reads the the mask as, after getting him in that direction in the first place. Can I also just say that Dory, after she's read the mask and remembered it, is me when I achieve literally anything. In that she's just repeating <laughs> it over and over and over again and basking in her own achievements. That's me. Uh, so I don't know. What that says about me, maybe a lot. <laughs> so, but you're, you're, you know, for you, that's obviously very relatable. Then that's gonna, that's gonna play well on the Mio meter later. Right? It might although, do. It might do. Although, although, would two of you be a nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> All I these things. One to of consider. me is a nightmare. But yeah, I think that almost every, at every junction um, where there's a choice to be made, uh, Dory, you know, when things go wrong, it's because, as you say, Marlon hasn't listened to her. And when things go right, it's because Dory's led them that way. I mean, the Just Keep Swimming is a perfect example where, you know, he wouldn't have gone down there if that had, if she hadn't been there. Um, yeah. Arguably, they may that's, not yeah, have been in that point. position. And again, it's all place. to do with her desire to uh, not worry about things, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Throw himself into a, ma- into a whale's mouth? Sure. Mm-hmm. Go, for, go to a party with some sharks? Sure. Love it. You know. She's your free-spirited friend, isn't she? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, who, who convinces you to go on all the big nights out that always turn into the most fun ones. Maybe that's why she's got so many memory issues. That being said, and this isn't this could still be your free-spirited friend as well. Mm-hmm. She's pretty annoying. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if it's because so, of how much I w- watched it within a week, but I find her a bit much. Uh, I, I'm I don't really the character is a little too like wacky for me. I love the uh, complex character character dissection we've just done, and then just a bit annoying. It's pretty eh? irritating. Yeah, it's pretty irritating. <laughs> I don't like to just keep swimming thing. I don't find it funny. It it's it kind of has the same association as minions to me. In that Ooh. it's just something that people really latched onto and then just drove into the ground, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, including Disney. Disney were the, uh, very much the uh, authors of their own uh, downfall, as it were, with, with regard to that. Yeah. Um, they they very much subscribe to the if less is more, think how much more more would be. Yeah, uh, that school, is unfortunately true. Um, but you know they got toys to sell and all sorts of merch to to flog to kids so it's understandable but yeah i just as much as i think from a character standpoint dory is good and and what i will say is i think the best thing for any sidekick is that they improve the protagonist Mm -hmm. and we talked about this in the last episode a bit and um it's probably going to be i would guess a a recurring theme Mm -hmm. um in the in these shows but I think if they can actually actively help the protagonist to get better and develop and improve who they are, yeah. then that's a great sidekick, as well as helping them on their their mission. So it's two big ticks for Dory, because by the end of that movie, um, Marlon has seen the error of his ways. He realises he's been smothering Nemo and not letting him live his life, mm-hmm. and uh, that he's been projecting his fears because of what happens right at the start of the film. Uh, onto his son and he learns to open up and relax a bit more and also to trust other people to help him as well of course including dory Mm -hmm. so big tick there big tick for helping on the actual mission itself um and and just my personal hang-up really i guess as much as anything that i find the the wackiness a little much Uh, it can can be quite a bit grating Mm. Yeah, that's how do you feel yeah i think i i'm generally inclined to agree with you i think that as a as a kind of the comedic sidekick she uh i don't perhaps find her as as irritating as you but again i haven't wasn't forced to watch finding nemo in the background for a week while on vacation so um uh, yes she she's she's a lot i, I do guess i i guess i find her endearing to a degree maybe again that's the relatability of it um and i find marlon so uh, abrasive himself that i think her softening of him uh it balances out reasonably well i do i do think that with many other characters dory would be somewhat unbearable and i think with many other sidekicks marlon would be somewhat unbearable so together they're just like mostly bearable (laughs) Good. Um, I'm. Anything else, or, or are you ready for Dory's knockout blow? I think I'm ready for Dory's knockout blow. Yeah. Knockout blow. I thought long and hard about this, mm-hmm. and it was a little difficult because of the aforementioned annoyance at how annoying um, Dory can sometimes be. However, one scene where I think she's absolutely hilarious and it's absolutely fine. It doesn't grate on me at all is when uh, Marlon comes up with the idea of how to escape from the jellyfish and they're like closing in around them. There's just hundreds of them everywhere. And Marlon realises the only way to actually like uh, get Dory to shut up and listen for five seconds is to say it's a game. And so you get the great scene where he's like trying to come up with some rules to get them out of there fast and not get them killed. And so the moment for me that Dory really steals the scene 
is he says, okay, rules, rules. No touching the tentacles. Something about tentacles, got it. No, not something about tentacles. It's all about tentacles. So I guess the, the scene still is mostly in the, how um, exasperated that must, <laughs> it is for Marley. But I think that's like my favourite moment of, of Dory. So that, for me, is my Dory's knockout blow. Fantastic. I think mine for Dory would have to be uh, kind of in two parts. Essentially, her with the uh, shark, uh, I guess, Alcoholics Anonymous, not quite, but Fisherholics Anonymous meetings both early on and at the end. Uh, I love uh, the image at the end when she, uh, in the in the epilogue, when she's kind of saying goodbye to them and just the image of her having gone to all these meetings with them and being such an eager and active participant. I think that is one thing that I really find <laughs> endearing about Dory is her kind of earnestness um absolutely and uh just just that image in my head and her just complete acceptance of this you know ridiculous premise that is as we said one of the most fantastic scenes in the movies i think that she really uh really sells that great there we go there we go no dramas Mm -hmm. shall we go on and chat about donkey i suppose we shall yes lead the way please so uh, there's four Shrek movies, as we said. Um, two, two. two of them don't need to exist, <laughs> and, and I'd rather they didn't. The first Shrek movie, uh, as I also said before, is better than it has any right to be for a kid's movie. I think it's a spectacular movie. I think that for the time it came out, um, it was, is it a stretch to say, somewhat revolutionary? I think it was a brand new style of, of, uh, of kid's movie that whether or not irrespective of the subsequent success of DreamWorks, uh, has really set the tone for kids' movies going on from that and that kind of uh, really nailing down that aspect of having the the kids' movie with the adult humour in it. Right. And I think... that's what I th- Yeah, I thought you meant that. That's what I, I was just going to check, that that was what you meant, that it has the kind of... the references to things that are going to go flying over the kids' mm-hmm. heads. A uh, good example in Shrek, uh, when they go to see Lord Farquaad, who, well, the fact that the guy's called Lord Farquaad, yeah, anyway, yeah. I suppose, is, what, is, is, is a pretty good one right off the bat. But then they see his big castle and Shrek says, do you think he's compensating for something? Yeah, That's pretty yeah, funny, it is, right? It is, it is a very funny joke, yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of that humour does come from Donkey and obviously particularly his interactions with Shrek. Um, so I think, I mean, honestly, if my kids don't like Shrek, I'm going to give them away. Um <laughs> Fair. <laughs> we should probably clarify for the listeners you don't currently have children. I do not children. currently have children, yes, 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 yes. But any future children... Long may it continue. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Long may my childlessness reign. Um, so I think with Donkey, I, and maybe it comes a bit from that context of coming from, as I say, this kids' movie that really, I think, changed the scenes, the scene in animated um children's movies i think donkey's one of the best animated sidekicks that there is um personally my family quote shrek and especially donkey's lines upwards of once per week uh he's very quotable he's he's, he's very very incredible. quotable he's just got loads of great exclamations Could be one-liners and yeah yeah even completely out of context like the number of times i've had a conversation with my family where we'll say i like that and my dad will say i like that boulder that is a nice boulder yep. 
Chats, yeah, he's kind of got that Simpsons thing where you can just lob a quote mm. in into the middle of a, into the middle of a conversation like a grenade, and it it still works completely, even though the, it doesn't make any sense. And there's sense. enough cultural saturation that everyone kind of gets where you're going with it as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's one really good point that Shrek really embedded itself in into the kind of the zeitgeist, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that way where p- people who've never even seen it kind of know certain things about yeah. it. Absolutely. And I think, I, I really think Donkey's a big part of that. I mean, I'm not a big fan of uh, uh, maybe I would say Eddie Murphy's comedy in some instances. And uh, I'm often not a huge fan of the, the, the comedy sidekick who's just there to get the jokes. But I do think that uh, Donkey kicks ass if you <laughs> wouldn't pardon the pun, please. <laughs> well, Eddie, Eddie Murphy, about two years before Shrek, did Mulan, mm-hmm, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He's What's the name of the character? I want to say Mushu. I think it's like Mushu. Uh, I've only seen Mulan once. Yeah. Um, and nobody ever talks about his role mm. in that. Now, okay, Mulan it didn't have that thing. It wasn't a huge hit for Disney. It, it's uh, it was at the tail end of their glory nineties yeah. years, but um, but no one ever talks about him in that. In fact, I would guess that most people don't even realise he's yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Mulan generally didn't, as you say, didn't uh, reach as far. I think the Shrek films gave Eddie Murphy's career a stay of execution. For better or worse. Well, worse. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be generous, but yeah. <laughs> uh, no, definitely, definitely worse. Because, mm. you know, in the 80s, he was like a kind of edgy comedian. And mm-hmm. um, I, I really like Coming to America. I think that's Yeah, a it's a fantastic film. movie. Um, and then in the 90s, he was doing like The Nutty Professor and all this kind of thing. Yeah. Which is objectively terrible. Yes, yes, yes. He was. And um, it's only it's only really got worse. Trading Places was good as well. Uh, my family would disown me if I didn't give due credit to Trading Places. I don't know if you've seen that, <laughs> but uh, that's also a good movie. So now you know how it feels to be given away for not liking a film. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't like Trading Places. Uh, I've never seen it actually. I know that it's got some kind of link with Coming to America, though. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. apart from Eddie Murphy, because there's a scene in Coming to America where uh, Akeem gives two homeless guys some a big load of cash, mm-hmm. and it's the guys from Trading Places. It is, but I yes. don't know. I don't know the plot about it. Is it like two guys go out of business or something? Uh, they they make a two rich people make a dollar bet that they couldn't swap lives with a rich man and a poor man and have them be uh, successful in those roles. I see. Yes, yeah, it's a good movie anyway, but that's beside the point. Um, so yeah, back to donkey. <laughs> back, back to donkey. So I don't know if you know this, but I actually found out about the donkey who modelled the real life donkey who was the model for the the, the animated donkey. Um, his name is Pericles or Perry. Pericles. Yep. Uh, he lives in California, in uh, San Francisco. He would do. He must be minted now. Well, so that's one of the things. Apparently DreamWorks did two modelling sessions with Perry. The only reason they picked Perry was because um, there was another donkey called Niner, but he didn't get the job because he tried to eat one of the artist's boots. Um, so they gave it to is... Perry. <laughs> Who coached him for that audition? That is... I know. I think I think any actor would be hard-pressed to get a job <laughs> or, 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 or model, yeah. you know. Turning up and eating the it, casting director's it's a, you know, shoes. It's a, risky, it's a risky career choice, and it didn't pay off for Nina, who yeah. has unfortunately now passed away. But Perry is still kicking. Um, 
but was apparently DreamWorks. <laughs> I know, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, DreamWorks only paid $75 for two modeling sessions with Perry. Scum, aren't they? They are. And in fact. That is, that is capitalism in a nutshell. Uh, Do you know how much they've made off those films? I know, it's ridiculous. And also, I mean, you should know that. Uh, so the donkeys just live in this neighborhood. There's just this, this random neighborhood in Palo Alto, so a suburb of San Francisco where there are these just donkeys that just hang out on this property. Um, if you want to go look at them, you can go to barrenparkdonkeys.org. But you, as soon as you... That's barrenparkdonkeys.org. <laughs> as soon as you see the picture, you can tell that it's Donkey from Shrek, which I just think is fantastic. <laughs> is it because he's talking or flying? Both, both. <laughs> By the way, um, I'm sorry if this is stepping on your toes. Mm. I just want to say how much I absolutely love the very first scene where you're introduced to Donkey with the woman trying to flog mm-hmm. him to the, mm-hmm. uh, to the guards. And, and the, <laughs> I've got a talking Donkey. And he's just like... <laughs> It's like the smartest thing he does in the whole thing. Yeah, it's not talk. That's true. And I love to talk. I'm the talkingest damn, damn thing you ever saw. It's so good. It's so good. And I think that was the scene when I was re-watching it. I don't think I'd realised before. Looking at Donkey, he's very cute. Like, his... I guess because it's Eddie Murphy's voice, and Eddie Murphy doesn't exactly have a cute voice, and the characterization of Donkey is not exactly adorable. But if you watch the animations... He's very cute. His big eyes and his sad face when she's trying to sell him and, you know, later with the... When he, when he's doing sad, mm. he's always cute because they do the kind of the ears flop down. Yeah. Um, and I think they're kind of taking a cue from um, both uh, Eeyore mm-hmm. uh, and also from dogs yes. and the way that dogs look when they're sad. Um, well, so in the subsequent scene after that, I, he can fly, he can fly, he can talk. Um, when he, you know, runs off into the woods and, and bumps into Shrek and he, you know, go, runs around Shrek's legs and kind of peers out, which, as you say, is a very, very dog-like move. Um, but he is yeah. adorable. Uh, and I guess over the course of the movie, as we kind of alluded to earlier, there's a lot of similarities between Dory and Donkey. They both have yeah, tons. very uh, abrasive, in different ways, but abrasive protagonists that they soften and mellow and and uh, bring out the the funnier and funner side mm. of them. Well, I hope you're going to be, uh, you know, car- uh, applying the same scrutiny to Shrek as you have to Marlin. That's all I'm going to say, because you were certainly very quick to, uh, to say that Marlin was essentially a bad fish. Oh, poor Marlin. Um, no, and, I... and Shrek is horrible <laughs> to Donkey in this film. Like, it's it's quite a nice thing that in the second movie, mm. they do a, a scene relatively early on in the first act where Shrek gets really grouchy and yells at Donkey mm-hmm. and then, like, immediately wheels around and apologises. Yeah. And there's that's a nice moment because you're like, ah, oh, you know, you can see Growth. that he doesn't need to be, like, shouted down anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He, he's, he has mellowed out a bit. He is happier generally and... Um, and over the course of the film, obviously, one of the things that Donkey's doing is uh, teaching Shrek how to treat people with more respect and things like that. Yes, and again, Donkey has a degree of that same, throughout the film, that same earnestness that that Dory has, that same just desperation to please and and keep everyone happy. and, And I do agree. I think the difference as well between Marlin and Shrek is that Marlin, his abrasiveness is quite 
understandable and maybe it's just because we don't really get much of Shrek's origin stories at least in the movies worth talking about and and maybe it's um just because of his well he's an ogre well he's an ogre but that's basically (laughs) the extent of it you know Marlon lost his wife and all of his children and Nemo's his only remaining child and blah 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 Shrek's just ugly uh so (laughs) don't get me wrong I'm definitely I think that I personally find Shrek a more entertaining character but he's not likable in the slightest I think we can both agree well he um he gets he does better. get better and to be fair even he does have kind of you can he does say like well I, or it's hinted at you know I've, he's faced persecution all his mm-hmm. life just for being an ogre and when when they're having their kind of heart to heart towards the end he's you know people always look at me and think i'm a big stupid ugly ogre and donkey says that he didn't think that yeah. uh, which is a, a nice thing the other thing i was going to say about dory which applies just as much here is that they're both real optimists you know they're they're, they're constantly like and obviously that's one of the things that is used to annoy the main character Mm -hmm. that they're they 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 cannot be uh deterred well yes and as you say by that logic they are both incredibly it would be both incredibly annoying to be around i can't don't think i can stress that enough i mean donkey is an entertaining character to watch but uh especially for part of his, I think he is to a degree managed by Shrek's surly temperament. But if you responded to Donkey with the same eagerness and enthusiasm that he presented to you, I think you would just be in this endless cycle of just insane nonsense talking that would be unbearable. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um cool so that's uh, so yeah anything, donkey as well i think is very um and we we talked about this with pumba mm-hmm. um is quite emotionally mm. aware um and, and is really like one thing i really like in, in the in this film is that he keeps fiona's secret yes yeah yeah and has like a bond a bit of a bond with her as well and is like i can't as much as i'm shrek's mate mm-hmm. I he's really like alive to her and even though he knows that telling Shrek would probably actually help things yeah um, yeah yeah he's like no no I promised I made a promise and he's like so, got such integrity mm. you know mm, integrity it's it's funny because that's probably not the words anyone who's just casually watched Shrek i.e. every person on the planet would use to describe him but it is <laughs> it is very true that's not what this podcast is for <laughs> this podcast is for people who've watched those films casually and now want to really think about Listen what to two characters from animated films <laughs> really them. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that's a, I mean, even with as uh, awkward as the encounter initially is and then arguably subsequently is, the seducing uh, dragon and, and uh, you know, his management of that situation and being quite sensitive to what she was, in, obviously in this absurd scenario, but immediately being very sensitive and knowing exactly how to kind of relate to her and manage her and 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 get her on his side and connect with her. Does he? Um, does he? This is a, a dodgy one. Does he settle for her and does he manipulate her a bit? Go on, explain. When they go to the castle and they first see the mm-hmm. dragon, um, he obviously is terrified, and then Shrek takes him and they run out, and and the dragon is all sad, mm-hmm. right? Moments later, when they're walking in the woods, 
donkey says effectively how do i let her down gently Mm -hmm. um so that i don't get eaten and burnt to a crisp and fiona says you just tell her that she's not your true love um yeah (laughs) has that line worked for you before um (laughs) yeah right um all Hmm. the time um and then the next scene is when the next time you see dragon is when hallelujah Mm -hmm. is playing right and after shrek and donkey have had their fallout and and donkey just kind of like looks up at her and shuffles closer and then the next time you you see her is when she turns up at the wedding yeah and then of course they're having like babies having babies yes did they have babies at the end of the first one or the second one i think i think they're in the second one i think it's i think they introduced at the start of the second one yeah, she, like she's pregnant. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, the whole second movie she's pregnant. And they don't know why. She's being moody, yeah. That's it. Oh, oh yeah, 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 that's right. Because you know what those bloody women oh, are like. Oh, my God, yeah. Don't get me started. Um, so, yeah, so there's never a scene where it's explained why he decides to hook up with her other than he could, um, that, that she can fly them to the wedding quickly. Wow, this and... is more malicious intent than I ever uh, would have read into Poor, poor donkey. You know, I'm just, I think he might sort of... Just playing devil's advocate? I think he kind of settles for her. I don't, I'm not convinced that, I mean, maybe, maybe he grows to love her, but that's, a, you know, that's a, you've got to say a bit of a lottery is not, not what I'd recommend for most people. To be fair though, if um, a dragon was actively pursuing you romantically, <sighs> I'd be into pretty it. hard pressed. <laughs> okay, oh. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't the angle I was taking, but sure, oh. sure. Oh, sorry, I misread the room a little there. Um. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. You know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> oof, oof. As I was saying, you know, from an intimidation perspective, um, you'd be hard pressed to say no. Maybe mm. for other reasons as well. In in some, i.e., your cases, you might not want to say no, but but for your average person. <laughs> you'd probably have some pretty decent incentives into uh, at least exploring the options that the relationship would, would allow for. Yeah. Um, the whole fire breathing and everything. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but luckily, it, yeah, and it does come in useful as well. Um, mm-hmm. Other but, uh, parallels with Dory then. Mm-hmm. He's, well, very think... lo- he's very lonely. <laughs> yes, he really is. Desperately so. Uh, he really just wants a friend and I think that would, you would say that that's mostly what Dory's motivation is as well. I mean, I think most of them, are, both of them are driven by the same, you know, need for intimacy and connection. Yeah. And finding a place to belong, you know. Uh-huh. Yes. Finding not just Nemo, but a home. Is Donkey's loyalty justified or should he tell Shrek to fuck off? I just don't think it's, I think he would be, a, maybe I'm taking this analysis of Donkey as a character too seriously, but I think he would be a fundamentally different character if he just told Shrek to fuck off. I mean, he, I don't think he ever would have been in that situation in the first place if he was the kind of, I was going to say person, but if he was the kind of donkey to do that. Um, he, he, he wants to see the best in people and he brings out the best in people and he, I think pretty consistently actively as well as you know logistically helping them on on their quest noble steed that he is 
he 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 wants to. I think he almost sees it like a like a mission to to break Shrek and to peel back his layers, whether parfait or onion based, <laughs> or cake. Okay. Everybody, Everybody loves, loves cake. Cake, cake has layers. I feel like we're doing more impressions this episode than we did in the last one. I don't know. You you had a few C three PO ones there, but I yes, did. perhaps, perhaps. So. so obviously, due to his burning desire to be have a friend, and the fact mm-hmm. that by the end of the first film he has one, mm-hmm. uh, well, two, two if you count Fiona. Um, ah which I would. Um, it's little surprise then that he gets really, really jealous of Puss in Boots in the second one. Yes. He yes. hates Puss in Boots. He, I mean, initially, yes, very, very threatened. And I mean, I mean, just voiced by Antonio Banderas, who wouldn't be threatened by Puss in Boots. Oh, so it's weird when I fancy a dragon, but you Sorry. fancy a car, you fancy a cat. <laughs> what? Uh, I mean... I don't know if it makes it better or worse that cats are actually real. <laughs> to be fair, though, I don't fancy a cat. I fancy Antonio Banderas. As a cat. As a cat, yes. When he his, does the little eyes. <laughs> his persona, which is a cat. <laughs> uh, when he does the eyes, yeah. Or his... No, it's too weird if I, if I use the word sexy to describe a cat. <laughs> An animated cat. Hmm. The internet is a weird and wacky place. You never know who's listening. That's, That's the problem. That's true. That's true. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, ultimately, Donkey's optimism, I guess, carries him through that uh, whole thing. And, and they be- they become fast friends as well by the end. Though I think to, Don- to Donkey's possible discredit, you could argue that in the second movie, Puss in Boots maybe becomes a more effective sidekick than than Donkey because he actually has a degree of utility other than just being optimistic and positive and 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 keeping shrek on track but he actually actively does something as in puss in boots actually actively is able to to do something a bit more but yeah although donkey does get turned into a big white stallion and therefore can run a lot faster and crucially carry shrek actually carry shrek yes actually work as a noble speed and uh, arguably i guess becomes more of a protagonist in his own right rather than just a supporting character is it is it deuteragonist is that a thing is that the word when you've got like oh, two kind of like know. like jack 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 sparrow and will turner kind of thing where oh. neither one of them's really a sidekick they've both got their own I'm not Deal, sure, but we've already made up, up a couple of words this episode, so I'll accept you making <laughs> up this one if you'd like. I'm pretty sure that that's um, that's a that, that's a real word, but um, and I do yeah. think, especially in the first Shrek movie, like, I don't think Donkey's perhaps as useful as as Dory in that you know Shrek is able to get things done much much more effectively on his own. But there are some key some key things that the story wouldn't happen. I mean, even just. Shrek getting to Lord Farquaad that, that whole scene is about how Donkey's the only one who can get him there and uh, getting Dragon on board <laughs> to help at the end and uh, distracting Dragon while they while he's uh, going to the highest room in the tallest tower yep I really like that scene by the way that, that castle rescue scene yeah. is hilariously funny a really really good one um, the line where 
uh, Shrek is carrying Fiona and then uh, reunites with Donkey and it's and she she goes oh he can talk yeah it's getting him to shut up that's the trick <laughs> that that's a line that I've used and taken and used in in life uh, so see um, my that's what, one one for your family to add to the pantheon if they if they haven't already well my favorite one from that scene is um, I'm the step master I'm the master of the stairs I wish there's a step right here right here right now I'd step all over it um, because it's <laughs> ridiculous and and unfortunately that's the one we ended up using more often he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna kick it to the curb yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh he's so good he's so good <laughs> i mean the fact that he's making us laugh now even when we're not watching the movie at our terrible impressions that really says all you need to know about donkey doesn't it Yes, although I, I have been a little coy on this, and mm-hmm. I know I've been eff- effusing praise to, <gasps> to to Donkey. I think Shrek is just okay, like as a film. Yeah, okay. it was a little better than I remembered when I watched it for the purposes of doing this the other day. Um, the second one gets really bogged down in the pop culture references. That was really yeah. the rage in films around that time. And, uh, oh, because it's not still now. Was, yeah, but that was when it kind of started. Yeah. You know, with the, uh, and that was, it was around that time, which would have been, what, 2002 or three, mm-hmm. when things like date movies started coming out. Yes, this meta. Which are really just the, the, the films with no jokes in them whatsoever, just things you recognise yeah. from music videos, mostly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just putting things that you recognise with no context or, or anything in front of them. Um, so this, the second one was, is pretty tough to watch, I find. It's not. It's got some good moments. It does. Um, it's it's not completely, uh, you know, worth throwing in the trash. But it is definitely. But, but even the first one suffers from this a little bit, and and it's just kind of some bits in it are just really odd the robin hood bit is mm. completely out of step it and it, just it, to get that shoe on that matrix robin hood french? reference in right so there's there's the robin hood the who's french mm-hmm. why is he french mm-hmm. robin hood is famously english <laughs> are you getting defensive those a little bit bloody frogs is that what you call the french bit. i don't know well some people do i don't call them twats okay. um no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> that isn't true um then in the middle of the french number mm-hmm. they do a river dance mm. a notoriously french uh, cultural tradition <laughs> that's right um oh and before going into the river dance thing he says break it down which is like a you know from yeah like a hip-hop sort of thing and then right after that they do the matrix bit as well so that that whole scene is disgustingly annoying maybe that's um, maybe that scene is a lot more meta than you realize maybe the whole steal from the rich he's literally stealing from various cultures around the world age, <laughs> age. yeah if i thought you were giving disney too much credit with your <laughs> the, oh yes they're disability tapping you know their yeah. disability portrayal representation you are <laughs> way out of left field here um and yes i do realize you were being to an extent ironic <laughs> there um <laughs> uh, well you know you've got to try you got to try mm-hmm. uh but yeah i think even the first film is like it's just okay there's a, there's a lot of good gags in it and and i will say that most of them are to do with donkey yeah um yeah. but 
as a wrestling fan, I really like the bit in the the courtyard at Dulock mm-hmm. where they, uh, with a lot of uh, WWE references mm-hmm. uh, there. Uh, and the Donkey music, good fighter. the music in that scene is also just makes it. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you know that that's currently being used by a wrestler? I did not. Bad reputation. I did not. Rowdy Ronda Rousey recently uh, joined. She's a former UFC women's, I want to say bantamweight champion, something Makes like no that. Makes no difference to me. And she's like global megastar. As recent, and she, this year she joined uh, WWE, and she's using that as her entrance ah. theme. So there's a nice little uh, full circle, nice little tie-in for mm-hmm. you. And it's impossible. We we should really at least just give a moment to mention the Welcome to Deluxe song, which I love. Yes, that was one of those ones where I was going to say it's one of those, you know, jokes for adults, but I don't even think it is. I think it's that perfectly pitched one for smart kids or adults yeah. who are paying attention. Yeah. It is a, it is a... Kids know the word, kids know the word yeah, ass, right? Do, like yeah. from Well, I mean, there's a donkey uh, in the movie. Well, yeah, and they get a good mileage out uh-huh, of that as exactly. well, don't they? I've got to, I've, I've got to, I've got to save my ass mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, so yes, they do, they do, stubborn jackass. They do, they they do do well out of that. In fact, the only surprising thing is that there's not a jackass reference because that would have been all the rage at the I time. Think... <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Knoxville, Knoxville jackass. Yeah, they just yeah. had them whatever paper I'm, cut their fingers. I'm finger absolutely amazed that in Shrek Two they did not have a reference to Jackass. That seems like just the sort of thing. It would have it's done. probably good if it didn't work out timing wise because they maybe would have got Johnny Knoxville to voice Donkey or something just to really be on the nose. Well, they, he did have a, a role uh, in um, Men in Black Two. Oh, okay, that's relevant. Which is a horrible film. Um, yeah. So all I'm saying is. Yes, you're probably right because it was certainly not beyond studios to go. Let's use Johnny Knoxville in the two years that he's popular and, yes. uh, and you, get him into a film. Did you know that um, Donkey was originally going to be voiced by Steve Martin, which I think would have been a completely different film. I think it would have worked gangbusters, though. I yeah. think he'd done a great job. Mm. Um, I, I, I think Steve Martin's great. Really, really funny guy. Mm. Um, yeah, it would have made it very different. It's it's one of those things. It's almost impossible to imagine anyone else um, in in hindsight. Mm. Because, but it, but I think if it had gone that way, I, I think you'd have liked it more. To know whether he still would have been that kind of breakout character, but uh, I I don't see why not. Steve Martin's really really got great comedy chops, you know. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So oh, well. there we go. So, anything else that we've not touched on, Adria, or are you ready for the knockout blow? I think I'm. I think I'm ready for the knockout blows. Knockout blow. I mean, it's got to be that the scene where he first realizes that Dragon is a girl dragon and says, "You're a girl dragon." Oh, sure. I mean, of course, you're a girl dragon. You just reeking the feminine beauty and her eyelashes are fluttering and then it leads obviously to the scene where they're running away and she's about to kiss him and then Shrek falls in and you know hilarity ensues in the form of uh, her kissing Shrek on the butt instead but I just think that is like just the, one of the one of the best scenes of the film really Again, it's Good. similar to similar to Finding Nemo. It's just one of those ones that's so unexpected in how it's executed. But yeah, I think it's a real winner. And Martin, your knockout blow? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, it probably is the WWE fan in me, but mm. I just love the, the the wrestling scene and in particular 
uh, Donkey stood on the sidelines behind the fences going, Shrek, tag me, tag me. Uh, and then Shrek brings him over and he like nuts the guy on the helmet and knocks him, knocks himself silly. So uh, uh, it's, it's either that or the or the let's do that again after the Welcome to Do Rock song. <laughs> Um, and, 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 Sh- and Shrek sub- subsequent no 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 <laughs> well and the good, the good thing about the WWE scene is that it's literally a knockout blow so it works very well for the for the bit works real well <laughs> yeah weird little parallel as well I, um, that I was thinking of mm-hmm. in um, Sh- in Shrek Donkey has a bit where he gets up in someone's grill and is like huh 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 mm-hmm. And Dora does exactly the same thing <gasps> to Marlin when true. they first meet. Do you? Do you? Do you? So that was kind of nice. And their faces look almost like exactly the same. So I thought that was a, a nice little... Uh, yeah, the more we talk... Superfi- superficial similarity. The more we talk, the more I realise how similar they are, in fact, as characters. Oh, yeah, real similar. <laughs> it, it does make me think that they're going to have rank pretty similarly for a lot of traits as well. Mm. Um, because I think, you know, both really loyal. Both really... Well, you know what? Let's just get into Let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. But, Let's do our scores. So we're doing scores out of ten for each um, thing, and then and then are we going with a cumulative winner age? Yep. So we'll take the cumulative score for each of our ratings on the four different attributes, and and see who comes out on top. Okay. So my scores for Donkey on sidekickery, I gave him a seven. Comedicness, I gave him a nine. Shenanigans, I gave him an eight. Mm-hmm. And the Mio Meter, how much I'd want him to be my sidekick. As much as I love him as a character, I gave him a four. Four. What about you? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I was pretty similar. Um, I, I gave him good sidekickery. I think he's very mm-hmm. useful to Shrek and he, he does a lot for him and, and is pretty uh, influential. So I've given him a, a big old nine for uh, sidekickery. Uh, comedicness, he does suffer from the, the kind of annoyingness that I mentioned with Dory. Um, earlier, so I've given him a, a seven there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shenanigans uh, a seven as well uh, for his kind of overall character. And yeah, the Mio Meter, funny as he is in, in a ninety-minute children's film, um, on an actual journey of many days, not so much. It's a it's a three from me Oof. for a total of uh, twenty-six. Which uh, well, I'll come to the totals in a second. So what about uh, what about your scores for Dory H? So for Dory on Sidekickery, I gave her a nine. I think she's pretty pretty useful and and uh, really Marlon to be, well, wouldn't have any kids left without her. For Comedicness, I gave her a seven. Uh, shenanigans, I gave her a seven as well. And for the Mio Meter, I gave her a six because, you know, she she's pretty helpful, I think. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm kind of right there with you again. Some uh, some slight differences, but um, uh, I've given her an, an eight for sidekickery, um, a six for comedicness, mm-hmm. uh, a six for shenanigans, and then on the Mio meter, I'm afraid even worse than Donkey. Couldn't stand to be on a journey with Dory. Uh, it's a two from me for a total Ooh. of uh, total of twenty two. Sorry, Dory, love love you to bits, but uh, you gotta you gotta learn when to pack that in. Oh God. Okay. Wow. Poor Dory, but. Alicia's so, scored highly on some other things. So, what are our final scores looking like? Uh, total scores on the doors in the runners-up position, mm-hmm. by which I mean last. <laughs> as as my dad would say, second is the first loser. Indeed, and in this case, the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with a combined cumulative score of fifty-one from a possible eighty. 
Mm-hmm. It's Dory. Oof, which that, two, means, that two did her bad. Oh, uh, yeah. Which means the winner. Drumroll. <laughs> the only other competitor in this matchup. With a combined score of 54. Edging her out. Mm-hmm. And winning the commotion in the ocean. The second episode of Sidekick Showdown. Uh-huh. With a mighty 54. Whoa. It's your boy. It's my boy. Donkey. Donkey. <laughs> he can fly, he can talk, he can win, win in a, a sidekick match. battle. Absolutely. You know, the great thing about doing the scoring thing is we can actually do like a league table as well. Mm, yes, that is, that is fantastic. So we probably had better at some point go back and do a retrospective on uh, C3PO, R2D2 and Timon and Pumbaa as well. Yes, so, uh, yeah, but we'll, yeah. we'll leave that for another day. But uh, congratulations, Donkey. You have beaten up a fish. <laughs> and the win is yours. Congratulations on your, uh, your prize of a, a, a great victory we'll, for the noble steed. We'll be contacting your terrible agents who only secured you a $75 Seventy-five dollars. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> well, there we go. That, there's another, uh, another one done and dusted. It's um, after the bell time. Mm-hmm. Where we uh, give a an inspirational or otherwise useful quote from uh, our, our two sidekicks that we've been discussing today. Uh, Age, do you want to go first with Donkey? So my quote of the week for Donkey uh, comes through in one of the minor altercations that he has with Shrek. Um, so they're having a fight and... Shrek says, I'm through with you, and Donkey says, you know, with you, it's always me, me, me. Well, guess what? Now it's my turn. You just shut up and pay attention. You mean to me. You insult me. You don't appreciate anything that I do. You're always pushing me around or pushing me away. And Shrek says, oh, yeah, well, if I treated you so bad, how come you came back? And Donkey says, because that's what friends do. They forgive each other. And even though the context of that is not necessarily the nicest. And Shrek's next next line, which is, I forgive you for stabbing me in the back, doesn't exactly end it on the <laughs> nicest note. I do think it's a good thing to remember. You can take it at face value. Mm-hmm. You could put that quote on a Christmas card to somebody, right? You could. Uh, I don't you know, know why you're sending that at Christmas. <laughs> well, whatever, you know, a friend that you'd fallen out uh-huh. with. Uh, you know, you, you could you could say that in and of itself, and it would, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. good 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 advice, I yeah, think. definitely. Good, uh, a, good, a good quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Dory, um, great advice, I think, um, for any budding parents out there. Mm. And I think speaks to the, the, one of the major themes of, of Finding Nemo about how you have to let your kids grow up and live their own lives eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, Dory's quote is, well, you can't never let anything happen to him because then nothing would ever happen to him. Oof, it's a good one. It's a good one. Good, yeah, hey? Yeah, it's very good. you got to let them go out and see the world so that they can get into scrapes, mm-hmm. get into trouble, learn from their mistakes, their failures, yeah. and bounce back all the stronger and let them go on adventures. Absolutely. Hopefully not bouncing off the top of a jellyfish, but bounce back all the same. Very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. Nice nice thematic uh, thank you, thank you, thank resonance thank you. there. Um, <laughs> great. Well, there we go. Another episode done and dusted. Mm-hmm. How was it for you? Fantastic. How was it for you? Oh, exquisite. <laughs> virtually, <laughs> I'm glad to hear. virtually euphoric at points. I love good feedback. It's great. 
Our next episode is going to be the slander on Miranda, which is going to pit the Guardians of the Galaxy crew, uh, minus Peter Quill, of course, who certainly is not a sidekick. We'll get into whether the other guys are sidekicks or not um, on that episode. And they're going to be pitted against the Motley crew that uh, work on the on uh, on board Serenity from Firefly and, of course, from the movie Serenity as well. Uh, for those of you who've not seen Firefly Serenity before it is a bit of still a bit of an unknown nugget it's got a cult great cult following it's an amazing show if you've got the time please go out and watch a, at least a few episodes of it um there's going to be spoilers that's all but, there you is know, <laughs> yeah there is only 14 episodes of it so it's not a huge investment of your time it's not a game of thrones sized uh, mm. operation you've got to get into but it's a really really great show by Joss Whedon um the similarities between uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Firefly are numerous and we'll obviously talk about them in more detail next time out. We've got a load of really great matchups coming uh, soon in the future as well, including Frenchie from Greece uh, against uh, Steve Stifler from American Pie. Uh, and one I'm really an looking obvious, forward to... Absolutely, the Battle of the High Schools. <laughs> and one I'm really looking forward to, Wilson from Castaway versus Mini-Me from the Austin Powers movies. So that's going to be a really... Uh, quite an interesting one when you consider how we've been able to dissect Dorian Donkey I, I have a feeling it might clock in a little uh, shorter time than uh, than these episodes but we'll we'll see what happens when it comes to it thank you so much for, for listening again um, if you've not listened to episode one yet as I say please go back and give that a listen please go ahead and give us a subscribe give us a rating or a review we are available on Castbox Stitcher SoundCloud and hopefully at the time of going to press iTunes as well uh, but you can listen to us on any of those formats get us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash sidekick showdown podcast and follow us on Twitter at SKSD podcast as well if you want more updates and to be kept abreast of future matches and see as well the uh, visual artwork which I'm having a great great time doing the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the vintage boxing posters is a, a great fun for me uh, other than that thanks very much for tuning in again age Say farewell. Farewell, and see you next time. See you next time. Well, you'll hear us next time, I guess. Hear you then. (laughs) Bye. Bye.